how to please you in this day. My sister is joining us today, and she has a special she's prepared at this time, and so we'll enjoy that right now before we get into the message this morning. God wants his will to be done in our lives, in our homes, in our communities, and we want God's help in these days to come. Thank you, Rachel, and I thank the Lord for my sister and her family and uh, for them being together in the house of God. And I know, um, my friends, God begins and moves in our hearts in unique ways, and we thank God for doing that. We're going to go this morning in Romans in chapter 1, Romans in chapter 1, and I intended to only preach on this passage for one Sunday. Started out that way, and uh, it's going to wind up being at least four. And so uh, this morning we're going to continue on in our passage in Romans in chapter one, and to bring you uh, up to speed 
we want to uh, examine the context as you're turning there and then get right into the passage we'll be at today. Uh, the Bible tells us back in verse 8 in Romans in chapter 1, First of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. This church at Rome had a dynamic, distinct, and different faith. And we saw just a few weeks ago the household of faith is filled with prayer and with a love for the gospel. Look at verse 16 as we're getting to our passage today. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We thank God that His power is not limited. His power is not limited. We saw the household of faith. Last week we looked at this next aspect, truth applied makes us thrive. The Bible says, going on in verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. The Bible tells us that we want, it says down in verse uh, 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. So they knew the truth, but the truth was not applied. And so because it was not applied, they did not thrive. But we saw last week God wants us to thrive. For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. And when the light of the gospel is allowed to shine in the dark corners of our life, it brings peace, hope, joy, and stability. So even looking at this context and examining this passage, let's pick up in verse 23 this morning. Truth reversed brings a curse. The Bible says in verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Notice the word in the verse, to dishonor. Their own bodies. It's not something anybody forced upon them. God said they decided to do it, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Personal decision. Verse 25. Who changed, notice that word changed, changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use to that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in there. I want you to notice the next word. What does it say? Lust. One toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their, look at the next word, error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I'm going to read the whole passage and then we'll, go, we'll, we'll just be focusing down to 27 today. Uh, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do, to do those things, look at this next phrase, which are not convenient. Things that are not natural, things that are not normal, things that are not going to really produce a healthy society. Being filled with all unrighteousness, Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, 
without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Would you read the last phrase together with me? Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's pray. Father, take the truth of your word, challenge our hearts. Lord, there are dark corners in our hearts that need to be illuminated. There are dark corners in our society that need to be illuminated by the word of God. May the light of the gospel bring us hope today. And Lord, we know that you are a God of love. We know that you are a God of truth. And Lord, we want to preach the whole counsel of God, teach the whole counsel of God, and understand every truth that you want us to understand so that we can live a life that is pleasing to God. Help us with that, I pray today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as we go deeper in this passage, we're going to touch on a very difficult subject to preach. Some would label this as hate speech. But when we understand the nature of God, we must respect His holiness. He wants us to be holy as He is holy, so anything that's unholy is displeasing to God. And all God's people said, Amen. My opinion and your opinions really don't hold water. It's His word that He promised will endure forever. Aren't you thankful that the word of man does not endure forever? The word of God endures forever. So I really, uh, it doesn't matter what my opinion is, what your opinion is. It really just matters what his opinion is. I realize we have a mixed audience. I realize we have children today. And do not worry, we will address this in a very tactful way today. God wants us to be holy as he is holy. My opinion and your opinion doesn't matter. I'm so thankful he addressed these issues clearly in his word so that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. This passage describes for us a downward spiral. It's literally a path that just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And at the very end, it says, God says, they know. They know what's right. And at the very end, he describes, and, and before you start pointing fingers, he addressed a lot of things that we all struggle with in this passage, all right? So let's bring balance. The Bible says in the last verse, they're not only, they commit these things, okay, they know that there's, there's a consequence, but then he says they have pleasure in them that do them. Uh, I don't have time to completely right now expound on this because there's a whole lot right there, but let's just be honest, there's a few, will we admit there's a few movies that probably shouldn't still be aired. All right? A few of them shouldn't still be aired, maybe 90% of them. But a few of them definitely still shouldn't be aired, all right? And uh, they shouldn't be available at the touch of our fingertips. Have, it says pleasure in them that do them. You say, I'm not involved in it, but I enjoy watching others be involved in things that are listed here. Uh-oh. The Bible says have pleasure in them that do them. It ought to be like just Lot. What was just Lot? He was vexed with the filthy conversation of those around him. He was grieved in his spirit. May God help us to have a Christ-like spirit and be grieved with our own personal sin. That's where it starts. Lord, I'm wrong. Uh, Lord, there's some things that are in my life that need to be illuminated by the gospel. Lord, I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. And then, Lord, help me to have a spirit that doesn't condone, but loves, but a spirit that is truthful in this respect. Look in this passage at several aspects of this. Verse 30 and we're going to get to this passage next week, but I want you to understand the context before we get in where we're going today. 
Bible says, verse 30, haters of God. Haters of God. That describes our society. How often have we heard, right? I don't care what God says, I'm going to do my own thing. Here's another one right here, and we all struggle with this, and this is the greatest thing, sin that God hates, pride. Proud, he says. Uh, we have a very proud, confident society. Proud in the flesh. He says boasters. Look at this next portion of verse 30. Inventors of evil things. Look, I love technology. I love a lot of nice things that have come in our society in recent days. But let's just be honest. There's been some things that have been invented that are not good. All right? Uh, inventors of evil things. All right? So he describes a whole lot right there. And uh, we could, with the Holy Spirit's wisdom, identify those things in society. He says in this passage that they are also, he says, disobedient to parents. Ooh, wouldn't it be great, parents, if our kids just obeyed us and honored us, right? The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is, what does he say? Right. We have a whole society that's educating people in the opposite direction. Disobedient to parents... He says in verse 31, without understanding. Look, when we have no moral compass, we're without understanding. Covenant breakers. Look, you can sign every agreement under the sun. You can sign every contract and then Facebook or Amazon will break it for you. I mean, you can, it's just crazy today, isn't it? Okay, we just live in a world where covenant breakers, no matter what you agree to, no matter how honest you are, no matter how much you uh, do what's right, they are covenant breakers, okay? And that goes into so many aspects. Without, he says, natural affection. Look at this last word, I want you to notice that. Unmerciful. If I was to describe the events in Washington this week, they were unmerciful, all right? Um, that's the attitude of our society, unmerciful. Unmerciful, all right? Our, our spirit, our attitude in society, unmerciful. So God hates all this. It's all sin in his sight. But when we dig into this passage, we're going to see this downward spiral. From the dawn of time, the devil has always produced and provided a substitute for the plan of God, right? I mean, the devil didn't have to go far to corrupt the plan of God. Oh, there's one tree God said don't eat from. You say, was it an apple tree? I don't believe so, because we can still eat of an apple tree and not be cursed. Um, but there was a fruit in the middle of the garden. The Bible doesn't say what fruit that was. Don't eat it. The devil said, that's the best one. God's keeping it from you. The devil wanted them. Hey, if you take this, you'll be as God's, a substitute. And God uh, has provided a perfect plan all throughout through history, but the devil has always provided a substitute. Because it's outside of the revealed will of God. It's confusion. And historically, the lifestyles addressed in our text, text represent the last stage before a culture and society are destroyed by God. This morning we're going to examine this passage. And because it's Valentine's Day, I just thought it's so appropriate that we examine biblical love versus the opposite. And this passage, truth reversed brings a curse First, let us look at this, a heart of lust. A heart of lust. In verse 24, the Bible says, Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the, look what it says, the lust of their own hearts. God doesn't say he made them that way. God doesn't say that they were born with a defect. God doesn't say that he messed up. God says it was through the lust of their own hearts. 
Man, we can lust and desire things that do not please God. Lust and love are opposites. They're fueled by polar opposite motives. What does love do? Love worketh, what does the Bible say? No ill to his neighbor. Lust, completely self-serving. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And the Bible says sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. So we can lust after anything. Another form of lust would be covetousness. And we can all be guilty of that. So, the Bible is describing a lifestyle that's displeasing to God. A heart filled with lust. Let's look at Galatians 5, because there's a real biblical principle here that will help us. Galatians 5. I'd like us to see the scripture this morning to shed light on the truth of God's word. Now, we, we broadcast our messages on, on Facebook, and, and so... Have to be tactful about what you say and how you say it, but don't worry, I'll use the words a couple of times. But the Bible clearly identifies the lifestyle. You read the text, you can understand exactly what he's speaking about. God speaks in clear terms, all right? Galatians 5 and verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the flesh. Do what feels good. That's what our society says. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So God says, I give you an alternative. Follow holy desires, you'll live a holy life. Follow unholy desires, you'll live a corrupt life. God says, I give you a choice. Walk in the spirit. That's a choice, right? We decide where we walk. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, verse 17 says, and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. So if one is dominating in my life, I can't do the other. If I'm letting my flesh take control, and men, you're involved in pornography, you're involved in looking at things you shouldn't look at, you need to get the help of God, and, and my friend, God wants to give you deliverance from that lifestyle. That is disgusting in the sight of God, and it really dehumanizes women. It makes them into just an object that is not love. That is lust. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. The Bible tells us in our text here, though, that this lust goes against the spirit. There's a battle going on, and this goes on in our mind. This goes on in our heart. And uh, one is going to win. win. Whenever there's a battle, one is going to win. And the spirit against the flesh. You say, as a Christian, can I battle? Absolutely. A Christian's going to either be surrendering to God and then they're going to be tempted. What are they going to do? Decide to surrender to God again today. Every day it's a decision. Lord, I surrender to your will. You say, what if I have a desire that is one of these desires in the text that's not pleasing to God? Lord, I surrender my desire to you. I know according to your word it's not right. Would you help me with this situation? Don't you believe God can help you get victory over that? Just like somebody's got a spending problem, God can help them get victory over it. Just like somebody that's got a, a problem uh, with anger, God can give them victory in any other sin. God can give victory. He can give victory over this too. He says, walk in the spirit. He says, the flesh lusts against the spirit. He says, there are the works of the flesh. The Bible tells us you cannot do the things that you would. In verse 18, if you be led of the spirit, you're not under 
the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And this is our society. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now they say, wait, you got a 12-year-old? You got to give him these shots. Well, God has a, a prescribed plan that fixes all that. All right? Um, he says abstinence works, works very well. But now you got to give them shots to prevent potential sin to bring about corruption and sickness. Hmm. God has a prescribed plan. The Bible goes on and says this fornication, this uncleanness, lasciviousness. He goes on and describes idolatry, just a vile lifestyle. Witchcraft. Oh, there's such a curiosity today with palm reading. Ouija boards, and all these types of things. You say, should I get involved in that? As a Christian, I wouldn't mess with that, all right? Uh, because I love the Lord, I don't need the opinion of somebody that's in touch with demons, okay? Um, I just don't need their help. Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit can guide me. You say, well, I'd like to know what's going to happen. I sometimes would rather not know. I'm glad I didn't know 10 years ago what I would be dealing with this year. You know what I mean? Okay, you just... There's some things you do not want to know about, and we don't need to get so, so overwhelmed with the curiosity. We have a society that's tied up in witchcraft, hatred. Ooh, that's big in our society. Variance, emulation, so the instability in life. This wrath, this just anger, this out of control. Strife, seditions and heresies, and constant plots under the other plot. And you almost don't know who to believe anymore, especially if they're a politician. Envyings, but the same is true often with pastors. Murders, oh, our society's filled with that. Drunkenness, our society is filled with that. And they say it's only gotten worse with this virus. And the revelings and such like, of which I tell you before and have told you in time past. Ooh, what does Paul say next? That they that do such things shall not... Inherit the kingdom of God. God says that if I live a life of strife and contention and anger and wrath, that I'm not a child of the king. He also says if I'm a drunk, I'm not a child of the king. He also says if I live in fornication, I'm not a child of the king. It identifies every lifestyle. So you say, I know Christians who are involved in these types of sins. Okay, but let's not... Let's not encourage others to be involved in any of these types of things, okay? We do not want to head that direction. We want to give surrender, surrender the Holy Spirit of God. Let God lead, let God guide, let God direct in our life. And my friend, I don't want to make an excuse to be involved in any of these. And you know what the Baptist sin is? It's hatred, all right? Well, those people are living in sin. I'm not going to ever talk to them again. What you ought to do is go take them a meal this week and say, would you please forgive me for being angry at you? All right? That's what you ought to do. Lord, help me to show love. You say, but they did. A heart of love pleases God. All right? Hatred does not please God. Idolatry does not please God. And all the others. Now, we often point at the others and say, oh, those are all bad. It's a heart of lust. It's a heart that's self-serving. They dishonor their flesh through the lust of their own hearts. Look, a relationship born out of lust will cause great hurt. My friend, that goes in many directions. A relationship born out of lust will cause great hurt. You know, people get married out of lust. All of a sudden, fall out of love, right? Because it's born out of lust. 
A marriage born out of love, a relationship born out of love will be selfless. And will be serving and it will be a picture of the divine. The law of gravity cannot be changed by my feelings. Let me ask you a question today. You all are a very intelligent crowd. If I drop this book right now, will it go up? Let's just, let's just test it out, okay? Now, people like to reverse the laws of God and they say, well, you know, we can just change things. I was born that way. It's my decision. It's my life. It's my choice. And God says, it's still a path down. And he says, you're going to fall every single time. He says, don't choose these paths. They go down. You say, but I don't like that. I don't like it either, but my friend, you can't change the law of gravity, neither can you change the laws of God. And, and we have a society that desires to change, to change truth, a heart of lust. The law of gravity cannot cha be changed by my feelings, neither can the prescribed plan of God be rewritten to our immediate emotional needs. Isn't this often fueled by emotional needs? I just didn't feel good in my other lifestyle, so i got to change. i got to do something different. Neither can the prescribed plans of God be rewritten to meet our immediate emotional needs. Oh, hey, why are we blaming all of our problems on God? Here, we're going we're gonna to get here, get to the deep part right here. You ready? The purpose for lesbianism or homosexuality is entirely self-serving. I'd like you to show me where it's not self-serving. It's based upon this premise that I, if I feel it's good for me, I must do what feels good for me. A society cannot continue to exist if all of its members live for personal pleasure. Look, I thank God for keeping me uh, and giving me a wife that loves the Lord and desires to seek the Lord. You know, there were girls in Bible college that I didn't know till We were just looking through the yearbook a few days ago. And my wife said, oh, and, and she named off about 15 people. She says, I know this one was this, and I know this one was this. I'm like, really? All those girls? All of them? Yes, every last one of them. In Bible college, studying for the ministry, every last one of them, and now they're openly practicing this lifestyle. And the guys, too. And look, they were effeminate in school, and they behaved that way later. And, oh. Such a sad way. The way of transgressors is hard. A heart of lust. A heart of lust. My friend, and we've already given the context. Lust never pleases God. All right? Let's go to James and chapter 1. James and chapter 1 and verse 13. We've seen in Galatians the flesh warring, lusting against the spirit. James describes this as well. I love the book of James. I'd encourage you, if you haven't ever read through it, try to read through the book of James this week. It'll help you, encourage you in your walk with God. It talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And we're all tempted with that. The Bible says in verse 13 of James chapter 1. Um, let's, let's back up, though, because I want you to see the context, all right? Look back in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of, right, of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So God says, look, you endure temptation. I'll give you a crown of life. Now let's look at some temptation. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. 
Neither tempteth he any man. Does he allow Satan to tempt us? Yes, he does. But does God personally tempt us? No. He does not tempt us with evil. He says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own, what does the Bible say next? Lust. And the Bible says enticed. Wooed over. Won over. Ooh. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth, what does God say? Sin, right? And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth, what does God say? So God says this path, the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. We want the eternal life, God says, there's a path of death, you've got to put your faith in Christ. You've got to trust in Christ, you've got to believe his way is best. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. It amazes me in our society today that we are so brilliant that when you go purchase chickens, they can identify that little egg and they can tell you that these ones, oh, these are three days old. These ones are hens. These ones are roosters. They can identify it and my friend, they know. They're well aware. And I didn't have any worries. Now, we've got some of ours. At first, we were like, why aren't they laying? They were just kind of lazy. But now all 15 of them are, they're putting out and doing what they're supposed to do. But you know what? The rooster never does that. And it's amazing to me that in our society, you can go to the store, you can go to Tractor Supply, and you can purchase one or the other, and there's not an in-between. There's not one that age four is going to decide for itself if it wants to lay eggs or it wants to go like a rooster. <laughs> Created by the very nature. You say, well, there's, there's certain things that happen in, in, in nature. Occasionally there are things that happen. My friend, and yes, and those creatures die off. Okay, They do not reproduce. All right, uh, It ends. There are there genetic malfunctions that happen in society? Absolutely. Are people born with, with one leg, one foot? Yes, that happens, okay? But that is not the norm, and that is uh, definitely not something you would say. that God says very clearly he makes them male and female. And even society understands that. I mean, when you go buy a puppy, all right, they know the difference, right? Now, the only thing is, I'll tell you, I've not been able to figure it out with the rabbit, okay? We have a rabbit and I have no idea. The guy that gave it to us said it was, and, and we just, we named it Duffy, okay? And we still don't know. Um, we've had people, even I think Ms. Bell, she tried to figure it out for us and we didn't, and we still don't know. All right? And it's just because it's not my thing, I don't know, okay? But you put a couple of them together and you'll figure out kind of fast, all right? Um, God has created things according to a prescribed order, all right? And so we see here a world that is outside of that order, doesn't know the difference, all right, and says these things were created by God. No, this disorder, this disorder and confusion is mind, a mind game. When lust hath conceived, he says it brings forth sin. Sin brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of his first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be 
And this would be your word for the week. You say, I don't like all those things that those people are involved in. Here's what God says for you to do. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. God says be doers of the word in verse 22 and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. How do we thrive? By doing the word of God. Obeying the truth that God has commanded us. So a heart of lust. Really a sad spiral down. Next we see a worship of man. In our text going back to Romans. We see this worship of man. Uh, it's so sad. And we have a society that's filled with this. We have a society that can't figure out by looking... It's crazy, all right? We can't figure out by looking at a uh, sonogram, right? Ultrasound picture. We can't figure out by that picture whether or not that's a child. Can't decide that. We, we don't know. We have no idea. We can't, we can't figure those things out, but we can spend millions of dollars tracking down somebody that we think might have potentially done a crime because we just hate a certain person. All right? We have a society that's so confused that we'll be able to find somebody and identify them, but we can't identify a baby in the womb, yet with a blood test very early on in a pregnancy, they can tell you the gender. How interesting is that, Right? They can tell you very young. We have some friends. They have twins on the way. They're going to be due about the same time as my wife. And they could tell those genders very, very early on. It was just within a few weeks. They knew exactly by a simple little blood test. And yet we have a society that can't figure things out. Willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant. And a worship of man. A worship of man. My body, my choice. That choice kind of went away fast, didn't it, with all these regulations? You, got, you don't have choices about your daily life, but you can have a choice when it comes to murdering a child. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. God says he is holy. He's the creator. He's the blessed one. He says, I want you to worship me. What does a society do? Here in America, we worship the God of S-E-X, all right? We worship a God completely focused around pleasure instead of around holiness. The God of happiness and pleasure. Jesus said in Matthew 4.10, Then said Jesus unto him, speaking to Satan, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Jesus says you've got one God you should serve, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a society that worships man, that worships the human body. And by the way, this whole sin flows from a worship of man. It's a worship around pleasure focused on personal pleasure instead of on the plan of God. A worship of man. It's a sad place to be, but it's where our society is, and it's the final step before God destroys the society as he did in the days of Lot. Worship of man. Next, a reversal, reversal of the natural. Verses 26 goes on and describes this, 26 and 27. For this cause, okay, because they decided to worship the human body, the creature, more than the creator, God gave them up to 
vile affections. So God says, all right, you decided you don't want to worship me. Have fun trying it your way. Right? The way of transgressors, God said, is hard. A reversal of the natural. And the verse goes on to describe, as we read a moment ago, for even their women did... Who changed this? The women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. God doesn't say it's normal. God doesn't say it's natural. God doesn't say we're born that way. He says it's against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men, men working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. My friends, we cannot, we cannot um, shelter our families from these realities of society, okay? These realities exist everywhere, and they're educating the children at kindergarten now on these things in, in many parts of the country. It's, it's really disgusting. The curiosity is already great in the mind of a little child, but why are we going that far? It's disgusting. It's the complete reversal of the natural, the changing of the natural. All right? And nobody in their right mind would buy two female puppy dogs and expect to have a litter without medical help. Nobody in their right mind would reverse the plan of God and expect to not suffer the consequences. But yet, a reversal of the natural. I remember purchasing a home and I was working one day there and there. A gentleman had come by several days walking by, and a few days later, he came by and he was not walking in his normal attire. He had a, a dress with flowers, it was blue, blue, all the way down to his feet. And my friend, my friend it didn't look natural, all right? Just like when Bruce Jenner, Jenner who now is turning into Caitlyn Jenner, still, still, clearly, 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 clearly. Looks like, looks like a man. A man. You, there are certain things you cannot change. Reversal of the natural. Trying to speak in a different voice that is unnatural. It's like, wait, who are you? Why are we trying to fake it? God didn't make our voice that way. But yet, having to put on a facade because it's a reversal of the natural. Even nature teaches us against these things. So, so... It's a shameful, shameful reputation, God says. And says by the way, pride is a sin, sin, adultery is a sin, sin uh, living in any of these other sins. God says drunkenness is a sin. God says hatred and wrath is a sin. It's a so reversal of the natural. A shameful reputation. He says in verse 24, this reputation they get when we get involved in the lifestyle that pleases God. He says to dishonor their own bodies. Bible says that sins, sins without, without our, there are many sins without the body, body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against, against his own, his own soul. soul. God says that sin against his soul will be involved in this life and his lifestyle. So God says it's to dishonor their own body. He says he says to bring, bring the honor God has given, given to man, to man, to woman, to woman, and to reverse it and to dishonor it, to lower it, to confuse. Let's say somebody wants to pursue this type of lifestyle. What, what if, if 
society, I know what we know these institutions exist, and there's no longer longer to have those medications. They will have, they will have no alternative but suicide, because that's where it will arrive from, unless they have their medication to help them, help them reverse, reverse the natural, natural laws of God. My friend, my friend, unnatural. A shameful reputation, he says. To dishonor their own bodies by holding themselves in God's is disgusting in his sight. We will not go any further into that, but we understand the truth. He says there's a promised reward. I love Psalms 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not the God of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, sinners, or sinners, or scornful. But if the light is the light, and the law of the Lord is the law of the day and night, the Bible says, Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What are we doing? Do it shall prosper. Then the Bible tells us, in this passage, that he has not been set by the Bible, and he is in himself the recompense of their error. He says, It's an error. God says, It's a mess on their part. It's an error. A promised, promised reward. reward. Has God tried, tried that? that? There's a promised, promised reward for trying to make outside of the plan of God. Because God, God, God loves us. He wants us to bless us. Um, um, you, know, you know, my friend, we live in a society that questions the word of God. God. Questions the word of God. 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 It's amazing, amazing how many times uh, we look at uh, the word of God. It's like, oh, it's just the law. My friend, he gave us the law. The law is not good enough to bring us Christ. Christ. Yes, he will bring down, bring down the hammer on the Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. But his 
but his hand of blessing is upon the righteous. Lord, take pleasure in them that fear him. In those that he says, hope in his mercy. Remember the words of Jacob? I am not worthy, he says when he's praying to God, of the least of thy mercies. Truth received invites the blessing of God. Lord, I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your blessing. But you know what? I'm going to take faith back to the bank. And I'm going to trust you. Your plan is best. Your way is best. God's way is the best way. It's the only way. This morning, my friends, we have many, many of us have relatives struggling with this trap. We have friends. We have loved ones caught in this trap. I believe, yeah. I believe uh, uh, there is close to the same amount of our population in our community that attends church, any type of church, the equivalent portion also is involved in this lifestyle. And, uh, and uh, it is truly a unique and, and perilous time to be living. But people are caught in a trap. You say, what should I do? What should I do? How should I treat people who are involved in this? Be kind. And smile and show love. Be ready to admit your own weakness and that you are tempted. Don't play the Pharisee, all right? Don't gossip about them. Pray for them. Should we avoid them? What did Jesus do? He was the friend of publicans and sinners. We shouldn't condone things, but we shouldn't avoid them. You say, I'm walking the other side of the street. Be kind, be nice. My wife recently baked a pie for somebody involved in such a lifestyle. My friend, you've got to understand that we need to show the love of Christ to people who are different than us. We need to let them know that we care about them as people. All right? Because all these things God describes are sin. Pride's a sin. This lifestyle, God says, brings about a curse. It's a sin against our soul. It's a dishonoring of our body. But I know many people who have got dishonored by pride, too. And so these sins, they're all sins in the sight of God. You say, what should I do? No, I shouldn't avoid them. I should be a friend to them. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go get involved in their things, all right? They invite you to a, a party. You don't need to go to that. But you could maybe take them to coffee and care about them as a human being, as a person for whom Christ died and the person that he loves. You say, what else should I do? Be filled with the Spirit. Lead a Spirit-filled life. God will guide you if you walk in the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit. The Lord will give you words that you don't, you never thought of. If we'll walk in the Spirit. It's a unique and perilous time, but my friend Abraham lived very close to Sodom, yet he did not allow that lifestyle to contaminate his life. Lot decided to live in the middle of it, lost his family. My friend, there might be a time where you just need to pull away from certain influences but you ought to display the love of Christ in what you do. That doesn't mean we condone sin, but it also doesn't mean we cover our own sin and condemn the others. God, help us with this today. We're going to close in prayer and ask God to help us on this week, this Valentine's Day, to focus on living a life that's pleasing to God. Lord, take his pleasure in them that fear him. Let's stand for prayer this morning and ask God to meet with us and help us as a church in this day. Father, we thank you for your word and the hope that it has. Encourage our hearts. Help us, Lord, many in the room. Many of us have friends and loved ones who are involved and caught in the trap. Lord, when we love somebody, it hurts when we see them caught in a trap. Help us to have a spirit-filled life. Help every one of us, Lord, to get in the word, to pray, to love, 
to show grace, to show kindness, to do something nice for somebody, and instead of speaking evil of them, to recognize that you love them just as much as you love every other person, and that you want them to come to a place where they turn back to the ways of God. And you want them to have hope, and you might want to use us to do it. And Lord, I pray that you would use us to see your word go forward, to see the people around us be touched, be encouraged by the word of God. Father, help us to have a heart of compassion for the lost around us. Help us to have a heart that reaches out and cares about these spiritual needs. And we pray, Lord, for our community right now. Think of many who are dealing with spiritual needs, who need the hope of God, and I pray that you would help them. And I pray for any who may be in the room who right now are dealing with spiritual needs, darkness in the heart. Lord, you want to bring the light of the gospel. I pray you'd help them to put their faith fully in Christ alone. And Lord, that we might live a life of dependence upon Jesus Christ. We're going to close our live stream at this time. Thank you each for watching by way of live stream. And as we are gathered here together, as the piano begins to play, would you just take a moment to seek the Lord? Would you take a moment to meet with the Lord? And this morning, would you ask the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Lord, help me to help those around me. And this morning, you say, well, Pastor, I'm not living that lifestyle. I, I don't believe uh, many of us have been tempted by that. That wasn't the re person, reason, the reason for the message. But we have relatives and loved ones involved in these types of things. And maybe you could come forward and you'd say, Lord, would you help me to reach that soul? I love them. And Lord, I want to love them like you love them. Would you come forward and maybe say, Lord, would you help me to have a heart of love? My loved ones, for my loved ones that are different than me, my loved ones that have chosen to get caught in this trap, I want to help them. I want to help my friends find hope in Jesus Christ. You want to pray in your seat? You want to pray? Come forward as the Lord leads you. Let's do business with God. song take my life and let it be let's sing that verse together you know the words i believe take my life and let it be let's sing it consecrated lord to thee take my life and let it be consecrated lord to
May the Lord help each of us to live a life devoted to Christ. And um, don't forget, uh, please, to let me know if you're attending the couple's event that you have not. Let me know. Please let me know. A book for all of the those who didn't get it uh, for the adults, one per family. And then uh, in the back, don't forget the little flyer about the, the classes coming up. And we're excited about these small groups and working together. We'll have a sign-up for those in a few weeks. But I want to encourage you to consider and pray about what God might want you to get involved in and somebody you might consider inviting to be a part of one of these small groups. May God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Wednesday night, we will have prayer meeting at 630.